This is the Four Man Rush. Hello, Panther fans, and welcome to another podcast of the Four Man Rush. I'm your host, Timmy Vio, here with the four gentlemen, Kennardo, a.k.a. Kenny G, Will, Kevin, and Mr. Larry. And we're going to talk about that, <laughs> the unfortunateness that happened in Louisiana. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about that. We'll, yeah, I'm not going to, yeah, we'll talk about that. And we'll talk about the transactions that happened because of that game and, you know, um, disciplinary and injury related, of course. And we'll talk about the good old dead skins matchup that's coming to old B of A. I uh, hope you guys are going to make it down there during the holiday week. Bring your friends, bring your family, but most of all, bring that heat. Get loud, folks. We need a W. Three in a row was not cool. Damn it. Anyway, um, so thanks for joining us today, and uh, let's get into it. Uh, we'll start with uh, Canardo first, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, what the heck happened down in old New Orleans, man. We should have got that W. Uh, start us off, Kenny. Oh, man, just uh, a myriad of emotions during that game, Timothy. You know, it's just this. You know, you you have visions of how a game should start off. You know, just especially after you got squashed twenty nine to three, I expected a lot more in the beginning. I'm thinking, okay, we deferred. They're getting the ball first. We're gonna get them out. You know, in three in three times in three downs, and you know that that's gonna be that man. We are gonna come out on fire. Well, it didn't quite work out like that. Hmm. Uh, Drew Brees was on fire to start off with. I think he completed his first nine passes, and if, he could have been ten for ten if it wasn't for Eric Reed breaking up one of those passes. But even that's before true. that. You know, they, they drove down the field, got a touchdown, mm. and then, okay, man, all right, man, we, we down 7 zero. Okay, man, we, we going to get it together now. Then special teams. Mm. Rashawn Golden. <laughs> ball bounces off of his leg <laughs> on special teams, and then they get the ball on their 27-yard um, line, and they score again. So now we're down 14 as if this, is, this isn't how we quite you know thought things was going to start out. Right. And if you would have told me before the game that if we were down 14 zip. I, th- I thought that would have been it. There would have been no competition. We wouldn't have got back into this game. But they get the team did show some grit. You know, they did fight hard. They did, you know, come back into it. They did some good things, man. But it all starts with preparation again. You know, once again, we were unprepared to start off with. You know, we're, we're, why can't we improve in this area? You know, I mean, it's just always one of those groups, you know, whether it be special teams, whether it be the defensive line, secondary, someone lets us down every game. And this week, it was the special teams. Once again, they let us down, man. You know, Joey Sly, we're we going to get him just a minute. You know what I'm saying? I'm not even going to start on him right now. But it's just, you know, you you, ha- you go in there, you have an opportunity to, to win, get back into the playoff picture, and that this is what happens, man. You know, just it's, it's not just this year, but it's years before that, you know, where we're in a perfect position to do something great, and then here we go. Yeah. And it's, uh, man, that, that's all I really have to say for now. I and mean, I'll get into it in a little bit, but mm. it was definitely not a good start. And when you get down in the hole that early, man, it's really hard to climb out of that. Uh, the defensive line, too. I mean, I want to speak on that really quick. I know one one time, Drew Brees had nine seconds to pass the ball. Mm. That, that's that's nine seconds. Yeah. That, that's That's been a, the story of our, you know, the whole season. You know, the defensive line just, just not getting pressure. But if you allow a quarterback right. to get nine seconds and then he completes the ball, then what I think was a third and 12, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so, yes. And he ends up getting that. So. I mean, it's just, it was just so much, man. You know, we, we can talk about special teams and that it was a big area and that did cost us the game, but it was so many other things to look at too that we can improve on. And, man, this, we, we got to be better than this, man. Mm. We get, I'm, I'm tired of the mediocrity and 
I'm sure you, you everyone else on this podcast is as well, but we'll see going on into this week, man, if we can improve things. Mm. Kevin, you want to speak on it? Yeah, definitely. Um, man, it's <laughs> y'all know me, fellas. You know, I'm one of the more optimistic, you know, logical guys around. You know, I try to find every silver lining, every reason why when everybody else want to abandon ship to, you know, stay on here and paddle a little bit longer to to reach our destination. But, you know, I'm just to the point where, like, you know, Canardo just said, man, the the mediocrity and the self-inflicted wounds to ourselves is growing old. I mean, outside of San Francisco and Atlanta, we really had the opportunity to pretty much win every single game had we not got in our own way. And it's just to the point that for me, you know, I'm a trench guy. You know, it's, it's, it's me and Larry are like the trench guys here. We it, it, For us, it always begins and starts in the trenches for us. I mean, let's let's look at the offensive line. You know, like Cal Allen was sacked four times, lost about twenty six yards on on four sacks. That's that's, that's not going to get it, man. It's, it's really not. And leading into the game, he had been sacked twenty five times in the last five games. So, you know, starting along the offensive line, and uh, you know, I won't you know steal all the thunder from from Larry because I know he's going to go into it probably in greater detail, but. I mean, it just—it's just like no one is being really consistent on the offensive line. You'll have two or three guys doing their job, and then the other two just messing it up. And it's just—it's just to the point that when, when you realize you have one of the best offensive line coaches in in the in the industry, and you're seeing what's trotted out down the field, you're just wondering: is is this message getting lost, or are these players just not? you know, able to do what he's trying to say. I mean, I don't know. You know, um, I know Larry had mentioned that, you know, us getting players with lower leg injuries have really came back to haunt us, you know, yeah. going back to, yeah. you know, Matt Khalil, mm-hmm. uh, Daryl Williams, mm-hmm. and Matt Paradis. And we're, we're just, we're seeing similar results, man, which is substandard play. You know, flashes every once in a while here and there, but overall just, just very disappointing, man. And on, on the opposite side, you know, I've been cheerleading for this guy, so I got to call him out as well. You know, Vernon Butler Jr., my God, man. I mean, as one of your biggest fans, <sighs> I, I can truly say I had the biggest hurt and letdown watching, on, watching him on film. Got him, buddy. It's, it's like seeing you pop up and expose your pads nearly every single play to get driven back into the linebackers or driven two holes out of the play, man. It's just very disheartening. And... You know, I'm, I'm in here battling with these fellas trying to, you know, fight, keep your name relevant. And you just pretty much just making me look like boo-boo the fool. So, you know, as long as you're on the team, I'm going to support you. But what they decided to do after the, after this year, since you didn't get the fifth, since the fifth year extension wasn't extended, mm-hmm. it's all well and good with me. Um, other guys in the trenches, I mean, it's just we're just lacking the proper bodies to run this hybrid front. We got poor F.A. Obata. God bless his heart. You can tell the man is trying, but he simply is not meant to play defensive tackle, whether it's in a 40 front or a 30 front. It's just not his thing. And I feel bad for the man because he just, him and Butler just take turns getting blown out the hole. And on these big explosive runs, it's usually when those two are out there on the field. 
So for me, man, until the trenches get better, my optimism is just going to remain low. I'm going to keep pounding. I'm going to always, you know, expect to win, but I just I just don't have that same well, – I can't think of the word I'm looking for. I just don't have that same confidence in the abilities as I used to have. So one game at a time, see what these last five games bring us and look towards the future for me. Larry? I think two things go hand in hand with this football team. Consistency directly correlates with mediocrity. Every week, we don't have, we, we can't put a complete performance together. That's something that I've said a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I just noticed that not just this season, even last week, we have trouble putting together complete football games. Every week, there's an issue. Costly errors from Golden and also from your kicker, who pretty much left five points on the board. And, you know, I, I watched the trenches. I rewatched the game. Am I surprised what would happen? No. It's just another example of a good football team illuminating our, our issues. You know, when Kev brought up the lower the lower body helmets for, for linemen, mm-hmm. when these guys are carrying 300-plus pounds, mm-hmm. it's way harder for them to recover from a leg injury or a foot injury than it is for, like, a running back or a receiver or something like that. Yep. So you see the troubles with Trey Turner. It's not his ability. He was having a, a Pro Bowl year. Arizona and before, but high ankle was probably the most difficult injury for a lineman to recover from. Uh, Paradis, we signed him, gave him a lot of money in the offseason. He's coming off a broken leg, and it's, I've been told that you know he hasn't been able to lift weights. He wasn't able to do his strength and conditioning. I want to know from Herney, if you knew that, why'd you sign the guy? You know, we're in the win-now mode. Exactly. We can't afford to have what we have. We have the worst center in football right now. Yep. And Daryl's just been Daryl. Daryl's been consistent. Daryl's the most consistent player on the offensive line. He is. Consistent and trash. <laughs> you know? A lot of people will argue that Van Roten was our most consistent lineman, but I think it's Daryl Williams. We get the same Daryl every week. Every single week, the same Daryl. So, obviously, uh, we got we to make a move and try to get rid of him. I'm glad uh, he's only on the one-year deal. And then with Vern, a lot of people saw the impact plays he was making. And I wasn't going to jump on that bandwagon because when I studied the guy, he made the same impact plays in college. He's an exceptional athlete for his size, very mobile, can be extremely explosive when he wants to be, but he's not technically sound. And when he's not technically sound, a lot of those problems just get exposed. Like he's getting knocked over two and three gaps. Very high pad level, so he's getting blown off the ball. He doesn't tend to make a counter move until he's already blown off the ball three, four yards down the field, and that's just allowing explosive plays. So I've been saying the same thing. This was just a, a painful loss because we were in it. It was a game that we should have won. Mm. And it's also painful that you never know what team is going to come out on Sunday. Just goes back to consistency and mediocrity. A lot of people want to blame that on the head coach, and I get it because at this point we have no other answers. We need a scapegoat. But I just look at this, the landscape. Ron is still one of the best coaches in football. I don't know what's going on, if it's a locker room issue, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't be so fast to just jump off the Ron wagon, fire him if I'm not sure who the upgrade is going to be. Fair enough. So 
you know, I'm very disappointed with the way the team played. I had to take a break from football since that day. I didn't talk no football <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, or, or uh, most of today. So I don't know. I'm just in limbo. I'm tired of mediocrity, and I'm tired of seeing an inconsistent football team every week. Hmm. Amen. Will, please enlighten us. I mean, you know, it's at the end of the day, the NFL is a competitive league. The Saints are a good football team. It's going to come down to winning close games. And in order to do that, you have to do the small things. And I just look at a team that fought hard, was a back-and-forth good football game, but we left six points on the board against the one of the probably the second-best team in the NFC. I mean, you miss an extra point, that's one. Now we got to go for two because of that missed extra point. So we miss another one there. We miss a third extra point that's, you know, three points. And then we miss a field goal. At the end, a 28-yard chip shot with a 93% probability of hitting it. So you basically left a touchdown on the field against in a competitive game against a division rival that's probably going to be contending for the Super Bowl this year. So you just got to do the small things right in games like this. And on top of that, you have a special teams slip up that causes cost us seven points. Yeah. Add that to the six. That's a 13-point swing just off special teams goof-ups. Right. And I think that kind of overshadows how well the offense and defense played throughout much of the game. I thought defensively, they gave up some explosive run plays, maybe three or four of them. But, you know, towards the end of the game, they did what they had to do. We got a fourth down stop. We got a turnover on the next drive. And we got a fourth down stop. You know, Eric Reed made a great play in the backfield to set up our offense. So late in the game, the defense did what they had to do, made the plays they needed to me to put us in position to win the football game. On offense, you know, we dug ourselves out of a hole, you know, fell down 14 nothing, and, I think it was one of the better performances I've seen from DJ Moore. Just so so improved in his route running, yeah. his strong hands, catches balls in traffic, and then that ability after the catch to break tackles and get that extra yards. Mm. And then I just thought Kyle Allen was just so much better with his decision-making. I mean, you got one of the best shutdown options in the game. We don't always need that deep to intermediate balls. If you don't like what you see, just give it to McCaffrey. Dump it off two yards. Let him turn it into seven or eight yards. Mm. So I think I did see a lot of good things, but we just found a way to lose because of we didn't execute in all three phases of the game. So, I mean, it's something to build off of. You know, the playoffs are out of the picture at this point, I believe. But every week you just want to see players get better because it's ultimately you're trying to build towards something, whether it's the playoffs next year or a Super Bowl at some point down the road. But, I mean, football's year-round. We just got to see the guys continue to compete, work hard, get better. Got You know, young players are getting a lot of reps and trying to develop, and we'll just see how the rest of the year plays out. But, you know, we just hopefully we can string some wins together so we can end the season on a good note and prepare for the one of the most interesting off-seasons in our history. And another bonehead play that happened in that, in that game was, you know, we talked about this before, Trey flying around with the helmet lunges. They got, got us that, that personal foul penalty, right? I mean, it, he didn't catch the ball, right? That could have, so that would have been a loss of down, but... He, that bad technique BS, man. He, I mean, if he had his head up, he probably not even, wouldn't even hit the kid because he had, he would have seen when he was hitting. But, you know, it's just a bonehead play, man. You know, just the, the little things, like you guys mentioned. It's, it, it, it does pile up. It does pile up. But, you know, we did put up 31 against the Saints defense. Everybody's been touting all season long, right? But we put up we put up 31 on them guys, man. That's, that, that says a lot about that offense. You know, Kyle didn't have the, the happy feet. Delivering that football, man. Yeah, he was, he was, he was good. He was good. Um, but yeah, I, I feel, I feel what you were saying, Larry, about blaming Ron. Uh, you know, it, I was one of those, one of those people, man. I just, it's just, 
it just struck struck me as odd. But I mean, there's there's far more to it than 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 uh, Ron Rivera, obviously, with the pieces that we have. I mean, look at this coaching staff over the past two years. We haven't gotten the wins that we had hoped. But I mean, just look at what Cam Newton was able to do under Norvin Scott the first eight games last year with the healthy shoulder. Mm -hmm. He had the best passing numbers of his career. Decision-making was improved. His accuracy was improved. Still struggling a bit with consistency. You know, he had some opportunities in the red zone to win some games for us, mm -hmm. you know, and it wasn't able to seal the deal. But, I mean, that'll come. And then this year, you know, a rookie, undra essentially a rookie, undrafted free agent quarterback, Kyle Allen's able to come in and win five ball games when nobody expected him to to begin with. I mean, let's take a poll on our fan base back in July. If Kyle Allen was our starting quarterback, what record prediction would you have for this team? Mm -hmm. You know, Vegas had us at eight wins with Cam. So I would imagine maybe people would expect three or four at most with Kyle at quarterback. So I just think their ability to develop quarterbacks and get them up to speed, I think, you know, speaks volumes about their ability to, you know, and player development. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, compared to what he did his rookie year with Shula, how he's evolved under North, you know, he's been putting up numbers that we've never seen before. You know, DJ Moore's improvement as a route runner from his rookie year till now. You know, it's again, you know, you're seeing these young guys grow and become better and better every year. So I think that's just something to consider with this coaching staff. I think the wins aren't there, but a lot of it, you know, nobody wants to hear it, but these are young guys making young mistakes. This week, Joey Sly, the rookie kicker, was inconsistent. The week before, it was Kyle Allen, the rookie quarterback, making mistakes. Greg right. Little, the rookie left tackle, getting beat, making mistakes. Right. You know, Dennis Daly's had his ups and downs. Yep. I think the injury to Brian Burns really hurt our pass rush. He's our most um, efficient pass rusher. So you've seen that kind of – the sack totals just kind of fall back since he's been out. So, I mean, I just think it's a thing that's unfortunate. You know, balls haven't bounced our way. Young guys are making mistakes, and we just haven't been able to find consistency this year. Well, on to Sunday, gentlemen. But before we talk about the Redskins, uh, let's talk about some of the some of the player personnel moves that that's been going on. Obviously, we lost some fellas um, to IR, um, um, Poe, unfortunately, and and um, Van Roten. So let, let's talk. Let's talk about. Um, Let's talk, let's talk about those two gentlemen real quick um, and what, what that's going to mean going forward. Uh, Kevin, you want to start us off on that? Yeah, I mean, we're talking about, you know, two two more big losses right in the middle of the offense and defensive line. You know, let me start off with Greg Van Roten. You know, I was one of the very few that, you know, before the 2018 season start, picked him to be, you know, the surprise pick at camp and – up until his last game, you know, he had played every single snap of the 2018 season and every snap, offensive snap, 2019 season. He's not flashy. Um, he's not going to get Pro Bowl consideration, but what he is is he's gritty. Uh, he has times where he's nasty, and he's someone that was improving and getting better. He only had – only given up one sack so far this year and only had two penalties, you know, for, for a guy that was um, – you know, kind of a journeyman before he got to us, you know, that type of production, you know, some would consider it serviceable. I would consider that, you know, solid NFL starting caliber play that we're now, that we're now missing. Sure, there's other more talented guards out there, but, you know, with salary cap and things like that, Greg Van Roten was someone that was giving us good pay, I mean, good play at low pay per se. So he's definitely going to be missed. On the other side, Don Terry Poe, 
you know, going to the hybrid front was supposed to revitalize his his career per se after a, a very lackluster, you know, uh, 2018 where he only had 17 tackles and I believe only one sack. Well, this year he had four sacks and I believe 26 tackles so far. So definitely he was uh, much improved, got a pass rushing ability back. And if I'm not mistaken, he was our best run stopper uh, as far as run defenders go in the middle of our defense. So that's definitely another loss alongside with us already losing Kawan Short. I mean, <laughs> you know, this defense already been, you know, leaking like 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 a bad tire already, man. So it's it's just um man, <laughs> it's definitely something that's that's uh potentially could be even make things worse than what they already are, because as y'all already know, we're on a historically bad pace as far as run defense goes. But um, you know, we did pick up some new guys. I'll let uh, Larry speak on that, on the guys that we picked up um, in the uh, in the trenches as far as two defensive linemen. I think we uh, also moved up a offensive lineman as well. But overall, um, we're going to miss those guys. But, uh, you know, hey, we've been missing guys all year, so nobody's going to take pity on us. We just got to, you know, tie up them cleats and keep pounding. Amen to that. Kenny, you got have anything to, to uh, add to that? Uh, no, nah, man. It's, uh, Kevin, he pretty much nailed it everything. You know, just uh, when you're on a three-game losing streak like we're on right now, and you, you lose important pieces to your offense and defense like that, it, it's, it's not a good thing. You know, you went from bad to worse at this point. So, man, I just wish those guys a speedy recovery. You know, obviously, I think Poe's going to be out for the long term. So, yeah. and we, we are where we are right now. We, we just need other people to step up at this point. You know, even with the playoffs out of the picture, you know, you, you still want to finish strong. And I think we do have to finish strong for all the Ron Rivera lovers out there. I think he does have to have a strong finish. And if that doesn't happen, hey, you know, <laughs> I, I, hey, he, he could possibly out, be out of here, man. That, that's just my point. That's real. That's real. Um, hey, Larry, who now who do we bring in? Um, I know it's a gentleman that you were speaking highly of, I believe, in camp. Yeah, if anybody watched the preseason games, number 78, Woodrow Hamilton, he didn't get to play against any starters at all, but he was definitely someone that flashed on film early and often to the point where I thought he was going to make the 53-man roster. Versatile player. He has the ability to rush the passer. Um, he's supposed to roll the ball, so he was you know, kind of stout in the run game. He doesn't give up much ground, so maybe that'll be an improvement from what we've seen from the other guys that have been getting the reps. Um, usually, you know, when you, when you stay grounded, you know, I know he didn't make the roster, but he, you know, he probably stayed busy. He was definitely somebody that was on our radar for us to pick him back up. I just hope he, you know, gets some reps and you get to see the best of him. But I'm pretty optimistic about that addition. It's not like it's a no name off the street. We know nothing about, we got to see plenty of tape on the guy. If you just go back to the, the four games we had in the preseason. And uh, this guy, McGee, that we picked up, don't know much about him. I know he's a six-round pick from a few years back. Um, I know Kevin mentioned that he had a couple of productive seasons. Hopefully he can be better than what we've had. I mean, a GM's job is to always make the roster better. So even if you even if you lose a guy, you want to try to upgrade if it's possible. I'm not saying that these two guys will be upgrades, but hopefully they'll be formidable enough to where we can – maintain pace and hopefully be better than what we've been. The run game has been abysmal, man. Uh, I, it was a time where it was like a shocker 
if we gave up a, a run of 20 or more yards for a touchdown. Now it's yeah. kind of like their routine. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what it's going to take. Whoever the guys out there are going to be, but we we got to do something, and this is getting hard to watch. Quickly. Absolutely. Will, you would like to touch on this uh, subject, please? Yeah, I mean, you know, football's a rough game, and unfortunately one man's, you know, misery is another man's fortune. So I just see a bunch of young guys that's going to come up and have a lot of opportunities to get reps these last five games of the season and show what they're able to do. You know, basically training camp starts now. You know, now's your time to show the staff what you can do and try to earn starting roles. So I'm just looking forward to seeing these guys go out, compete, and try to finish strong and help, you know, win the rest of these games so we can have something to fall back on and look forward to heading into next year. Yeah. There's a lot of what-ifs in this situation, man. And, and, and of course, this, this does touch on the fact that, you know, we, we can't establish some type of continuity on offense, right, because of the, the the youth and now the injuries and, you know, not not being able to rely on somebody on this roster that's taking up a, a spot for no damn reason. I'm, that, that Daryl gets on my damn nerves. But anyway, um, gosh, yeah. All we can do is, is, is go forward from here, man. It, and like you said, Will, you know, this might be an opportunity to, to for somebody to really step in and, and shock the world, you know. Ho- hopefully that's the case. Um, and they'll have a chance when we go, go up against these Redskins on Sunday. Um, so who, who wants to who wants to start off on on this matchup and what we need to do to get it done? Because I, I like like Will said, man, I'd be damned we we lose to these dead skins, bro. It's it's gonna be a bad day, Jack. <laughs> Lord of mercy. Ah, uh, um, Larry, you want to start up start off on this one? You expect us to come out and dominate, but again, Carolina football team like that in a couple seasons. So I'm just gonna figure it's gonna be a tough game. Their offense is pretty much stagnant. They don't get a lot of first downs. I think they have 153 on the year, but their opponents have like 237. They got a Harry, uh, a healthy juice back. So, you know, their run game is something we got to watch out for because everybody's able to run on us. <laughs> Hopefully, we can come out like we've done, uh, like we've done in the, in the last couple of weeks, and try to do something to shut down the run game. They got a rookie quarterback. We got to get after this quarterback just like how we did Kyler Murray. You know, send the heat, try to mix up the coverages, confuse them, and run it down as much as possible. That's the key to victory right there. Uh, that's probably, that's the key to victory every week. Just get to the quarterback, man. That's how you disrupt an offense. So we have to disrupt their offense. I don't see us having a problem offensively for us. But, again, we don't we, we don't know what team is going to show up. They have some studs on their, on their defensive side of the ball. They are capable of making stops. Got to have your game plan fresh in your head. Got to play fast. And that's going to be the key to, to beating the Washington Redskins. It's definitely not a game we can sleep on because we're not the type of football team that can sleep on anybody right now. True that. Um, Canardo, you want to touch on the game, man? What we need to do? Man, you just have to establish dom- dominance from the beginning. You know, you, you can't get off to any more slow starts. We got off to one, you know, with the New Orleans Saints. You, you were down 14-0. to That can't happen this time. You know, you, you have to go out there, you know, whether you, you get the ball first or you defer it and they get the ball first. You got to get them off the field and you got to, you know, basically they're they're two and nine for a reason. So you have to take their confidence away early. Oh, like, oh, crap, man. You know, we're, we're in trouble now. <laughs> you know, it's happening again. You know, we're, we're down early. So we kind of have to put that doubt in their head early. You know, uh, the, the playmakers that have been making plays, McCaffrey, DJ Moore. Curtis Samuel, you know, he he got the ball in his hands in other ways in the other game, you know, from that misdirection. 
mm-hmm. four yards. I mean, uh, 40 yards on four carries. So just got to kind of be creative with that. And I think North did a great job of that later on, just, you know, being more creative and getting the ball in playmakers hands. Olsen, mm-hmm. you know, I know that Kevin talked about this. We, we talked about this the other day, you know, as far as tight ends with the Redskins, I think he can actually have a big game too. So, you know, we just got to spice it up. The defense, man, they, they got to step it up to the plate, man. You know, they got Adrian Peterson. They got guys. So, you know, that that's something to be worried about. But at the same time, I think this is a game that you – it can't be a close game. I, I understand where my boy Larry is coming from and the possibility that, you know, hey, you know, it could be a close game. But I think this is the type of game that has to be 38-10. to 10. You're on a three-game losing streak right now. You have an owner that's, that's not happy. You know what I'm saying? No matter – I know he came in the locker room. He's talking to the players and whatnot and – you know, probably congrats, you know, telling them, hey, you know, it's, it's all right. You guys fought tough, but no moral victories, man. And, you know, a, a 23-21 game, you know, even if we win that, that's that's not going to be good enough. you got to establish dominance. And that that's really the only way to go about this. And if not, if you end up losing a game like this or if it's close, it's going to be some issues in Bank of America Stadium. And I, mm-hmm. I, I really feel that deep down in my heart, man. You know, mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah. And I hate to be pessimistic or whatnot, but. Hey, you, you, you got it. I mean, we haven't had a, that dominant victory in a long time, man, but I think this is it. Mm. And I understand they have a lot of talented players, man, but you got a rookie quarterback out there, too. Don't don't make him look like Warren Moon, <laughs> like we've done other times <laughs> you know, against some of these younger guys, you know, where you know, they come in and they may have had a few bad games leading up to us, and then they, they look like a superstar against us. I'm tired of that crap, man. Yeah, I almost man. said something else, but, mm. you know, it's, it's time for us to step step it up. We're not going to the playoffs. Let's just go into playoffs. You know, let, let's get that out of our head right now. This is our me? playoffs. This is our playoffs right now. And we got to protect our stadium. We have not done that this season. Yeah. We have not done. We're below 500 as far as at home. So you got to give the, some, the fans something to be proud of, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm tired of the mediocre you know, product that they're putting out there. Yes. And I know everyone else is too. Yes. So cut the bull crap. Let's go out there. Let's play football. Let's smack them upside the head. And you know, no show who the boss is. That that's what I want to see this weekend. Yeah, G. None of none of no close games. I I, I ain't I'm not I'm not standing for that. 38-10, man. I'm going to give you my score right now. 38-10. Heck yeah. Or else. For real. That's real talk, man. We put up 31 on the Saints. We should destroy the Redskins. I'm just saying. Uh Will, what's 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 up, man? What do we need to do, bro? I mean, the Redskins, like Smitty says, Smitty called the Falcons the get right team. You play them, you get right. I think I see the Redskins as a team like that as well. You know, I think this is a get-right week for the Carolina Panthers. We've had some tough battles at Lambeau, New Orleans, San Francisco. I mean, it's been a hard, you know, hard a lot of hard games this year. But I think now we finally got a team. It's not a division rival like Atlanta or New Orleans. It's a chance for the team to, you know, put it together, get right, get some good work in, and, you know, let's blow this team out and end the game by the third quarter. You know, I want to be able to – you no, know, relax on Sunday afternoon. I don't want to have to be in a nail biter against a team like this. You know, wondering what's going to happen at the end of the game. No cardiac cat type stuff this week. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I think we still got to come to play. You can't take this team for granted. A couple of concerns I have is their defensive line against our struggling offensive line. You know, the Redskins have three first round picks on that front. You know, you got the two Alabama guys, Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. Then you got the guy from this year who most of us liked, Montez Sweat. Mm-hmm. So when we were talking about the draft, you know, we made our little draft board. Montez Sweat was right up there with Brian Burns on our wish list. So we got to come to play. You got the veteran Ryan Kerrigan, who's a good pass rusher. And you got the other guy, Matt Ioannidis, another good interior D lineman. So we got to, you know, we got Daryl and Paradis. I mean, they're going to be tested this week. That's our weakness. 
and that's the strength of the Redskins' defense. Uh, DJ Moore is going to get some good work this year. Uh, Quentin Dunbar, their corner, is the number one graded cornerback in the entire NFL. So that's going to be a good matchup to watch. Uh, Josh Norman, you know, he always shows up. He had a great game against us last year, forced a lot of turnovers. But another chance for DJ to get back at him for causing those three fumbles. I think DJ will probably be the most motivated guy on our roster. Because you remember last year against the Redskins, his fumbles were a big part of the reason why we lost that game. So I expect him to come out angry and motivated and ready to do some damage this week. So, I mean, I think offensively it's a chance to get right, but it's going to be a good challenge as well. You know, don't forget about Landon Collins either. Very good safety they got over there. On uh, defense, I mean, you know, with Dwayne Haskins, they're going to want to run the ball. So we got to get that run defense right. I mean, they got two good running backs, Darius Geis, who missed his rookie season with an injury and got put on short-term IR this year. So he's a young, hungry kid that's going to want to come out and try to prove himself and get some work in. So let's not let him have his breakout game this week because, you know, we tend to do that. And Adrian Peterson, you know, had, gave us problems last year against the Redskins as well. So it's going to start with the run defense. They're going to do anything they can to take pressure off their young quarterback, Dwayne Haskins. And, I mean, we can relate to what they're going through with our young quarterback. So we got to get after him, you know, make him uncomfortable, make him rush his decisions, confuse him, get pressure on him, and force turnovers. And that's going to be the key to blowing this team out this weekend. So, it's you know, they also got a good young wide receiver, Terry McLaurin, who's on pace to possibly win Offensive Rookie of the Year. So, I mean, it's a talent. they got talent on this roster. You know, you can't take them lightly. So, so you know, we just got to come prepared. I think if we play – you know, all three phases execute, play a complete football game. You'll we'll get the result that we want. So it's the get right game this week. Let's get right. You know, put this team away and move on to the next one. Mr. Avery, seal the deal, sir. Yeah, but overall, man, I just really see uh, this is opportunity for us to the to start a, a perfect December. Right now, my mind frame is what this team is going to be like as as we finish up strong. Historically, Ron Rivera has been. The uh, third best winning percentage in the month of December since he became coach in 2011. The only two coaches with a better winning percentage in the month of December are Patriots head coach uh, Bill Belichick and Seattle head coach uh, Pete Carroll. Sitting there number three, literally just a few percentage points behind Pete Carroll is our own Ron Rivera. So with, uh, you know, with all That's the crazy. potential, what else and possibly could be I just see this man coaching his ass off and mm-hmm. and not letting injuries be an excuse for another lackluster performance. Mm. Again, I just can't see like this game for me. It's gonna be more about the the mentality and, and the fight of this team. You know, we can discuss the X and O's, which is what Four Man Rush specializes in all day. But for me, you know, this is about seeing you know what I'm saying heart that leads to execution. You know, we. How, how can this team look when we don't get in our own way? That's what I want to see. I don't. I know we're not going to have a perfect game. But I want to see a clean game. I don't want. The, I don't want any turnovers by offense. I don't want drive killing penalties. You know, I, I think I would be foolish not to say any penalties because for most of the year we have been one of the fewest penalized teams in the league yep. outside of a couple of bad games. So I just want to see our team play a, a clean game where. We're, we're not one of the big factors to why we lost. So that's something I'm looking forward to. Again, with a rookie head coach, on a rookie quarterback, uh, an interim coach on the road, the formula typically, um, as a stereotype in the NFL, is a strong running game and a strong defense. 
And when teams analyze us, what are, what are where where have we shown weakness at? Run defense and protecting the quarterback. So, you know, Washington is not coming down the road to to uh, you know they gonna they gonna feel like they got a chance to to win a game. And historically, before the Panthers got here, it's a lot of Redskins fans. So don't be surprised if it's not almost damn near a 50-50 split because because we're not winning. You know, a lot of Panther fans are going to sit at home and miss this game out. And Redskins fans are going to take advantage. So don't be surprised if you see a, a nice contingent of Redskins fans uh, at this home game. Get your so, butt in those seats, people. I um, huh. Hey, I, I want this team to go 5-0. Went all five games, like I said, home against the Redskins, uh, at Atlanta, home against Seattle, at the Colts, and then home against the Saints. But in order to win five, you got to win one. Yep. I just want a strong finish, wherever the chips fall, where they may. Like I said, we're not even going to say the P word no more around here. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just want to see the, the, the team take mental toughness and let that translate into on-field execution. So that's what I'm looking forward in this game. On offense, what what formation does it, does it seem like we run more? Is, is, it, is it like a twelve? Is it what, what what do we run a lot of that we're that we're getting production? It seems it seems like Norv is kind of kind of trying to tweak things a little bit, especially that Saints game. It looked like he was motioning the uh, the back into the uh, to the the slot tight um, tight area, you know, next to the tackle. Sometimes some something like a five wide look. Sometimes what what do we need? What type of formations are working for us, man? Eleven personnel. Um, you know, the other fellas can chime in on it if they're you know tracking stuff like that. That's something I I always like to you know keep monitor of. Eleven personnel is three wide receivers, uh, tight end, and a running back. Um, so you know, so when we're in five wide, it's usually our three wide receivers, uh, Olsen and McCaffrey, spread it out, and you know you'll see McCaffrey motion into the backfield. Um, sometime McCaffrey already been in the backfield. They're motion Olsen back there. Uh, we even saw Curtis Samuel on four times uh, take the jet sweep motion, you know, out of the spread formation. Uh, you know, 11 personnel pretty much has been a vast majority of what we run our offense out of. Uh, personally, you know, me, I wouldn't mind seeing more 21 personnel, 22 personnel with, you know, tight ends and fools bats being used. Just, just to try to, you know, establish, you know, our identity in short-term yardage situation. But, you know, again, when we got our center getting pushed back like we do, <laughs> I, you know, I can understand why it's not something that's uh, being used as often. But, uh, yeah, but from my vantage point, I just see us using a lot of um, level personnel with uh, one running back, one tight end, and three wide receivers that's uh, put out in spread formations of four and five wide looks. Gotcha. Anybody else want to speak on that topic? I think against this team, we'll have an opportunity to attack their linebackers. So I think we can see McCaffrey motion out in the slot like we did last week, go five wide, create those mismatches, and attack them in the middle of the field with uh, Olsen and CMC. So I think we'll see a lot of that this week. Mm, it'd be nice. That's a nice combination. Larry? Well, what I don't want to see is Armour going in motion because every time he goes in motion, it's a run. Yeah, <laughs> we've, been, we've been pretty predictable in that in that regard. <laughs> Other than that, I'm I'm with Will. I want to take advantage of the matchup with the linebackers. You know, get McCaffrey 
in space. I still want to see more. I'm, 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 I'm really glad Norv answered my prayers. I wanted to see Curtis Samuel get a few more carries. Man, he's such a, a versatile athlete. You don't just have to send him on routes all game. You know, you can give him about three or four carries, and he'll be productive, and that takes the load off of CMC. So hope to see more of that. Even maybe DJ get a carry or two. But I'm like you guys, man. I want to dominate, but, you know, I just don't know what team is going to show up on Sunday. Unfortunately. Uh, well, I guess we'll see what happens. I guess we'll see what happens. Um, and that's a 1 o'clock game. B of A. Uh, make sure you get there early. Um, if you're tailgating, don't bring any damn turkey. You should have ate it already. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, any closing thoughts? Uh, Canardo, you have anything to say before we get out of here? Man, just really looking to get back on track. You know, this week, this weekend against the the Redskins, you know, they're, they're coming to play. But at the same time, man, you have to establish dominance, man. You know, when you lost three straight and you're you're in the gutter right now and you're, you're in a very dark place. You know, one coach many years ago said, you know, when you lose one game, well, Denver, and then you lose three straight, man, that darkness, man. So this team is starving right now. Yeah. And um, they, they came out hungry last week. They, they, they did what they had to do. They almost pulled it off. But, you know, th this week, has, it's no excuses, man. I keep saying that. I'm not going to accept just a 23-21 win. Not going to accept that. You know, th this team, they average 13 points a game. 13 points a game. That's how many points they average. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to stomp these guys out. Right. I really don't. And I stand on that because I know how talented this team is. Right. And, you know, they, 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 they got to show up for the remainder of this season, man, because Ron is coaching for his life right now, man. Whether many people believe that or not, I wouldn't be surprised to see him back. And I, I hate to talk about next season already. I wouldn't be surprised to see him back. But I do think he has to have a strong showing for the remainder of the season. Mm -hmm. And I'm with Kevin, man. I, I want to see 5-0. Mm -hmm. But it, it can't be no less than 4-1. and one. It can't be that. And it better not be the loss this weekend. Maybe that right. better not be the loss. <laughs> not against a 2-19. There was that, a time that can't when, be the loss. There was, there was a time <laughs> when we don't lose, was perfect in December. Like, when we got to December, yeah, yeah. we got excited. Because we were going to go 4-0. We and up, were about to but, wrap it up. Yeah, that's true. That's it. Yeah, if you if going to lose to a team, you got to lose to one a little stronger than this, man. Or, you know, so, I mean, I stand on that 38-10. And, you know, just uh, 167 passing yards per game. That's where they're getting. They're dead last in points per game. Rushing yards, 27th in rushing yards per game with 86 rushing yards. So there are some opportunities there. Make it happen, man. Yeah. Make it happen. No doubt. No doubt. And just one more thing to add on. I was just uh, scrolling through Twitter as we wrap this up. Um, I, well, you may have mentioned this, so forgive me if, uh, if I'm saying it again, but uh, Quentin Dunbar, the Redskins, is, according to Pro Football Focus, is the number one rated cornerback. However, Josh Norman is 106. Fabian Monroe is 111. So out of 114 qualified cornerbacks, mm. um, they're starting nickel package, per se. Uh, two out of three are pretty much almost dead last. Uh, Josh Norman two weeks ago was a healthy scratch, and last week he played special teams only. So <laughs> there could be a chance that Josh Norman may not even come back. Um, I mean, may, may not even be playing this Sunday. Um, you know, I, I was reading the uh, article uh, from the Redskins' point of view that, uh, you know, the coach Phil Callahan said nothing but nice things about Norman. That could be smoke screen. So, you know, for some of you that's still on the Josh Norman 
Yeah, right. uh, train, uh, let let it go, bro. He's he's been playing special special teams only Boo -boo. Uh, for the Redskins lately, and uh, and he was a healthy scratch uh, two weeks ago. So, uh, Boo -boo. yeah, that's uh, that's that's where it stands from that point of view. So, um, you know, I expect Dunbar to probably be matched up with um, DJ Moore. So again, this could be a game where Curtis Samuel can finally just go off yes. because if Norman plays. Oh, that's got to be the go-to. I ain't saying force it, but definitely give Curtis Samuel more than the four targets that he had last week at New Orleans. We only had one catch for nine yards. Um, yeah, so this could be a chance where, where we can really stop a mud hole and blow him out, especially in the passing game, if we can uh, give Kyle Allen enough time. Larry, do you have any, do you have any uh, closing remarks? No, I pretty much said it, man. I, like you guys want, I want to go five for no. I want to dominate. Just a little bit resistant because I don't know what kind of team is going to show up. Mm. Really, really sick of them, the, the mediocre play and I'm sick of the inconsistency. Feel you. Let's just get to it. I just want to enjoy some football. You know, I just want to see my foot, my football team on TV. I just yeah, want to enjoy the game. Yeah, man. Will, you have anything to say? Yeah, man. Let's just do it. I mean, playoffs are out of the picture at this point, but we can still build towards something, establish a winning culture. Guys playing for jobs. So let's just get to it. Let's try to get a W this week and move on to the next one. Yeah, man. Stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. Who knows? We could we could rip off five straight. Um, this will definitely be our weakest opponent going forward. Um, still got the Falcons, the Colts, the Saints. Um, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. Happy Thanksgiving, by the way. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying time with your family and friends um if you listen to this podcast while you're at the at the uh at the dinner table shame on you shame on you turn the damn thing off listen to it when you're done spend time with your family it's thanksgiving <laughs> enjoy that enjoy that uh the uh hopefully the potential cowboys loss uh because that franchise is going to go into a, a a spiral downhill if they lose this game i tell you that it's gonna be funny um but yeah um buffalo um cowboys Enjoy that. But, of course, Sunday, folks, please try to show up. The tickets ain't that bad. Sh try to show up if you can, if you can. Um, and uh, let's, let's hopefully we'll pull this out. Let's hopefully pull this out. Once again, thank you for checking out the uh, Four Man Rush podcast. Um, on behalf of myself, um, Kevin, Will, Canardo, uh, and, uh, and Larry, thank you. Thank you. Um, we really hope you enjoy this. And check out our uh, website at www.thefourmanrush.com. Um, all our social media platforms, of course, and um, make sure you tell your friends about um, the podcast that you can hear on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, of course, um, and you know, spread the word. Spread the word. This is the best podcast for Carolina Panther football news um, and information out there. Period. So, thank you, thank you, thank you, and as always, keep pounding. Yay, you recorded. Yay. Good. She love it. We out in public and we can just chill with my partners and we can go back to my crib and just chill out the covers and do we come in you love The Foreman Rush is brought to you by the love and respect of and for the Carolina Panthers and Carolina Panther fans everywhere. Keep pounding.
The four-man rush is a non-affiliate of the Carolina Panther organization. All thoughts, assessments, and content of this podcast is directly related to the four-man rush exclusively. Thank you.